Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. They say every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. I say then, Lord, weigh it, and oh, by the way, I've been saying I'm lost, and I've been praying like I ought. Lord, you say it's the treasures of my heart that direct my steps like a GPS, so I go with my gut, and I go with my chest, but it's often more no than it's yes, so I go with my head instead. Because at least my mental map don't come with a lap full of guilt like coffee that is spilled, leaving me burned and stained. See, I feel like I've been taught incorrect. My heart and my mind, they don't seem to connect. They say, don't desire, it's a sin. They say, desire is from God, it's just a matter of when. And these two juxtaposed confuse me on how I'm supposed to be, so I pose not knowing who to be, how to be. Can't I be me, they say, repent and believe, but believe in what I ask. I understand ash to ash, I know I will return to dust. But it's God that seems more like a should than a must. Because really, what is the point of this? Maybe I should go on my own 40-day wilderness or give up something on my wish list of things I wish I did better already. Then it doesn't have to be so heavy. I mean, I could give up when I'm ready. Let go, but my feet are set so. How am I to let go and just fall in line? They say, dig a little deeper and then you'll find. But I dug a little deeper into my heart, into my mind. And I kept coming back to the word, mine. Mine meaning it belongs to me, belongs to me. And in that I see mine is where I find my meaning. So maybe the point of this is a sort of refinement to help me get rid of my mind bent, realize that it's time then I let go of the guise of mine I so often hide behind. When I thought I lost me, you knew Defender of my own. When I 
And all I did was praise All I need to do is worship Lord, I will just bow down I'm just gonna stay still I'm just gonna stay still Teach me how to stay still Thank you to Kevin, uh, one of our protégés is in the protégé house who wrote that. Thank you so much. What a talent. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to write it and to uh, deliver that. It's fantastic. My name's John Ireland. If I haven't met you, uh, glad you're with us this morning. We're in a series called 40 Days of Decrease. And we're kind of unofficially walking through uh, parts of the Upper Room Discourse, those last words of Jesus. They're found in the Gospel of John. Last week, we looked at John chapter 13. If you don't know where John is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, fourth book, fourth gospel. This morning, we're going to kind of wade and walk through uh, the next chapter, John chapter 14. Uh, I hope that you brought a Bible with you if you didn't. There on your program are some sermon notes. Uh, we don't have the whole chapter in those notes, but we do have a few verses. And the big idea this morning comes out of verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's coming right out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What I want to ask each of you this morning, you walked into this place... And I would bet that 99.9% of us are troubled by something or someone. Troubled in a relationship, troubled about school, troubled about uh, our finances, troubled about our health, right? Troubled. I get troubled when In-N-Out Burger puts that secret sauce, that, that Thousand Island dressing. It just bugs me. It troubles me. But what we're talking about this morning is a lot deeper than that. Just, okay, we're going deeper than, than the Thousand Island dressing on the double-double uh, at In-N-Out this morning. What is it that is troubling you as you came to this campus this morning? Might be a relationship, a marriage, your kids, a roommate. And isn't it interesting in John chapter 14, it's so rich with insights. We get a peek into the heart of Jesus, into his mind, into his purpose, why he came, who he is. And he begins this by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. What is it that causes a heart to be troubled? That's what we're going to look at this morning. 
He was speaking to his disciples, his closest friends. And so he was getting at something. He knew something about what was happening inside of them. And it's the context of these words that help us gain insight into what was troubling their heart. There are three reflections I'm going to give you this morning on what causes a troubled heart, a heart to be troubled, that I think maybe were stirring inside of these 12 friends of his, his disciples. The first one is troubled by an uncertain future. The second one is troubled by an unpopular position. And then the third one is troubled by an unresolved why. I'm going to explain those right now as we walk through this passage. They were troubled by an uncertain future. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Verse 2, there's more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. He's going somewhere. He's leaving them. He's been telling them all along, but they haven't quite got it, that he is a different kind of Messiah. They, of course, were expecting him to be a warrior, a conqueror, a kind of superhero, if you will, a ruling king. But now in this upper room discourse and even preceding this, he was saying, actually, I came to die. Wait, what? I came to die. So think about where you might be if you were one of those disciples. The loss of a dream. Wait, wait, wait. We expect it. You're not? That means we're not going to be with you on your right and, and your left. You're going to die and the impact and the implications that has on me. The loss of a dream can trouble our hearts. The loss of a friend. You're not going to be with us anymore. You're moving on, moving up, going away. You're, you're going to die. We're going to lose this. For some of you this morning, that's troubling you. It's, it's that loss of a friendship or loss of a dream. What is it for you? Where does the future feel uncertain for you? Maybe it's financially. I can allow that uncertainty of our church budget, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I start to panic and get troubled. Or seeing my doctor a few months ago, I, I'm, I'm one of these guys that I just cruise, I've never been on any kind of medita medication, and he's like, hey man, you, your cholesterol is like high, we gotta, we gotta put you on a, on a little pill or something. I'm like, what, me? I'm not, and all of a sudden now that's, it gets in your head, right, your health or a friendship, or what is it for you? Money, not enough money. And this is where they were living. Troubled by an uncertain future. Second reflection, troubled by an unpopular position. Verses 5 and 6. Thomas says, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Because Jesus said, you, you know where I'm going. And he's like, no, we don't. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus speaks this word. I am the way. 
what? I am the way. The truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. Verse 7, if you'd really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, the words of Jesus right here, they are not meant to be abrasive. They're meant to bring clarity. They're, they're not meant to bring confusion or conflict. They're meant to bring comfort. We, we don't know the way. How are we supposed to? He says, I'm the way. But notice Philip's response in verse 8. He says, well, Lord, just show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. Not tracking, confused. And Jesus says, Philip, how can you say that? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He's claiming to be God. He's claiming to be God. And then in verse 11, he says, and, and if you don't believe my words, and I love how the NIV translate it. He says, then look at the evidence you don't believe my words, look at the evidence of my life. Look at the miracles. And then you make your own decision about who I am. Am I who I said that I am or am I not? And every one of us in this room are confronted with that choice. Jesus is saying, I am the way. So often we receive those words, we hear those words, and, and it... It makes me a little nervous, like it's kind of abrasive. At least we interpret it that way, and we use these words as a kind of spiritual club to beat people up with. Not intended that way. Intended to bring comfort and clarity. Not confusion, not to be kind of, I'm better than you, that we sometimes, people interpret it that way. But we live in an age of pluralism. We live in a day where people are saying, it's kind of sexy, really, just to say all religions say the same thing. And so this exclusivity of Jesus, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. That can be troubling. That can trouble a person's heart. Tim Keller says this, there is, or, or it is no more narrow, it is no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that one way to think about all religions, namely that all are equal, is right. And, and then here's what he said, we are all exclusive in our beliefs about religion, but in different ways. Let me read that again because I know it's not on the screen. It is no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that one way to think about all religions is right, namely that we're all equal. We are all exclusive in our beliefs about religion, but in different ways. 
And in this passage, Jesus is not condemning other religions. He's clarifying that if you want to know God, if you want to know who God is and what he's like, he's saying, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus and follow Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the way to know God intimately, closely. Jesus is the truth. He makes God known to us. He reveals God. What is God like, you might ask? Look at Jesus. That's what he's saying. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. He's the visible image of the invisible God. And then he's the life. He is the life giver. He breathes and brings light and life. And the scripture just continues to shout that out. And I would just say to you, if you're not convinced, look closer at Jesus. I get troubled when people go, oh, no, I've read this. They're all this. No, you haven't. Look at Jesus and make a decision. Look at his life. It's just what he said in verse 11. At least look at the evidence of the miracles, of his words, of the integrity, the character of his life. Some people say, well, he's just an enlightened being. He's a good teacher. No, he's not. He is either God or he's not. And every one of us, we, 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 we come to this place in our lives where we're confronted with this. And we have to make a decision. Is he who he said he is or he's not? I did a wedding last night up in the wine country, Fess Parker Winery, and um, never been to this site location, but it was interesting that the wedding planner uh, was the one who was authorized to take everybody up. The, 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 the actual ceremony was way up on the top of this hill. And I was in the uh, passenger seat in the wedding planner's car, and the, all the guests and wedding party were going to follow us up this hill, and this one woman came up, and she was uh, cranky, might be overstating it. I hope she's not here this morning. Uh, but she was like, hey, I, I need to know where we're going. Uh, and the wedding planner said, well, just, just follow me. She goes, no, 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 I, I want to take my own car. And she goes, oh, your own car is not going to make it. It's, it's kind of off-road, it's, it's a, a kind of, it's out of the way, you're never going to find it on your own. No, 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 I got someone in a wheelchair in my car, and we need to take our own car. And the wedding planner, in a very kind and gentle way, was not abrasive, but just, you have to stick with me. I will get you to where you need to go. I'll get you to the ceremony site, but you got to stick with me, you can't go on your own. And it, to me, it just became this kind of picture of this text, of this passage. It's not about being abrasive. It's about, you want to go to the wedding? you got to stick with the wedding planner, right? That's what she was saying. Jesus is saying, if you want to know God the Father, stick with me. Follow me. Stick close to me. And that's, for some people, is troublesome and creates an internal troubled heart. But it's not about religion and rules. It's about relationship with Christ. And then here's the third reflection of what troubles our hearts. It's troubled by an unresolved why. You have a why question. Something's happened in your life. 
something tragic, something confusing, something doesn't make sense, something where you're going, God, and you've been praying, and he's not answering your prayers the way that you want him to. If you look at verse 22 in John chapter 14, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him, but there was another disciple also named Judas. In verse 22, he asks Jesus this question, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us? Why not to everybody at this time? He's confused. Lord, why? He has a why question. And I wonder what your why question is this morning that is troubling your heart. You lost a child. Lord, why? Your mother died too soon. Lord, why? You have a health setback that's not getting better. The more you pray, you're actually getting worse. Lord, why? You prayed for your kid every day. And now they're a young adult and they're not walking with God. Lord, why? And you can just fill in the blank. Lord, why are we not getting pregnant? Lord, why are my enemies prevailing? Lord, why? Dot, dot, dot. And that creates... Well, what does that create for you? Doubt? For some, fear. For some, a lack of faith. For some, it's, it's just trouble. It, it weighs, it crushes, it, it feels heavy. So what's the answer? What is the answer to a troubled heart? If you have your Bible, and if you don't, look in the notes. Let's go back to verse 1. Let's go back up to the top. What is the answer to a troubled heart? What does it say? What does Jesus say? Trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust is the antidote to a troubled heart. It's the antidote to anxiety. It's the way through worry. It's the key to overcoming fear. And trust is this act of my will to surrender, to give my troubles over to God, to leave them at the foot of the cross, to go to bed at night and realize, God, you can work when I'm sleeping, so I'm not going to lay in bed stressed out, eyes open, looking at the ceiling. I am going to just give it right here, my troubles, these, these issues, these relationships that are troubling, crushing me. I'm going to give them to you. And as an act of trust, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. For some of you, that's really hard to do. That's hard for me to do sometimes. I want to be in control. I want to fix it. Jesus says to his disciples, and he says to you and to me, trust in God. Trust also in me. Here's what Warren Wiersbe, he's a scholar, he says this, people say, I wish that I could have faith. But everybody lives by faith. Everybody lives by faith. All day long. People trust one another. They trust the doctor. They trust the pharmacist. They trust the cook in the kitchen. They even trust the fellow driving in the other lane on the highway. And if we can trust 
men, why can we not trust God? Trust. A guy named Bob Vernon was with the LAPD, and he used to uh, train the rookie cops, and he would take them into the shooting gallery, and he would put a bulletproof vest on a mannequin, and they, all the rookie cops would shoot the mannequin, and then he'd gather them around the mannequin, and he'd take the vest off, and he'd say, look, not one bullet penetrated the vest. To, to touch or hit the mannequin. And they're just like, this is amazing, you know. And, and then he would end this session by saying, okay, who, who wants to take the place of the mannequin right now? And that's trust. And that's trust. Am I going to put, do I really trust? I say I trust. I say I believe. Well, put on the mannequin. Or put on the vest, not the mannequin. Put on the, put on the vest. And so, where are you at when it comes to trusting God? Jesus says, the one who loves me is the one who obeys my commandments. We trust him by following in his ways. By yielding our will to his will. Not by following our feelings, but by following his word, the scriptures. That's trust. Even when we can't see his hand of provision... We're going to trust that his heart is for us and with us. And so we're going to walk in his ways, not our own ways. And you know what's so beautiful is he gives us a gift. And with this, I'll close. There's two things, two gifts that he gives us on this journey. And they're found right here in John chapter 14. It's the gift of his presence and the gift of his peace. The gift of His presence comes through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, look at verses 16 and 17, and then down to verse 26. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. That word advocate, it means one who walks alongside. One who has your back. That's the advocate. Who will never leave you. Who is He? He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives where? With you now and later will be in you. And that's a promise for you and for me. God gives you his presence. When you open your life to Christ, when you say, I, I actually believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and I want to follow him, the promise of Scripture is, is that He places the Spirit of God inside of you. And then what, what, what does it say after that? But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. He teaches you the truth about God, about life, about relationships, about character and values and virtue, about God's kingdom and his presence with us. But then he also gives us, and then I'm done, verse 27 of John chapter 14. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
Who doesn't want that? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. You're not going to find it out there. It's supernatural. The world can't offer it to you. It's supernatural. When everything around you is chaotic and out of control, the peace of God brings a supernatural calmness in, inside you, an inner confidence to face what's in front of you. Isaiah chapter 26, I love these verses. You will keep in perfect peace. It's talking to God, Isaiah. You will keep in perfect peace all who what? Trust. You see the connection between trust and peace? All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Staying connected here. Helps me to experience peace in here, even when everything out here is crazy and out of control. Verse 4, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to invite you to bow your heads right now. And just I'm going to give you a moment to do business with God right here, right now. What is it that's troubling your heart? Just in a quiet whisper inside your own heart, would you pray, Lord, here it is. Here's what's weighing me down. Here's what's crushing me. Here's what's troubling me. And then every one of us gets to make a choice. Are we going to try and control it and fix it ourselves? Or right here, right now, are we going to say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I hand it over to you. Lord, I let go. And Lord, I need your spirit. Remind me right here, right now, that you're with me. You're present with me. God, my prayer for every heart in this room is that you would provide peace that passes understanding. That you would bring a supernatural peace over and into every heart in this room. Whether it's a person of great faith or of no faith. I pray for a, a supernatural significant moment right here, right now to come over everybody. That the spirit of God would do the work of God in our hearts. Right now, we proclaim peace over this room. Peace over every relationship. Peace over every situation. And over every heart and mind right here. And Lord, in faith, we put our faith in you, the rock. You are the one that we can lean on. We can put our weight on you because you are trustworthy. And I pray that the truth of this message and the truth of who you are would touch us in the deepest places and transform us. I thank you that you came and you lived. And then you died on a cross because we were alienated and separate, separated from you. But you did that to bring us to God, to bring us closely connected, to have a rich personal relationship with you. That's why you gave your life. And we say thank you for that this morning. Thank you that you're accessible. Thank you that you're approachable. And thank you for the gifts of your presence and peace that you want to give to each person this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. 
Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.